0: Okay. Um, I'll just say that tonight's cheer Tonight's year is Leilu Nishmas Sha'u Ben Na'im, who it's the father of our dear. It's the brother of uh, Ezra Zilcha, and the Shama should have a. Aliyah, Mitzvah Shem, and the entire family should only know simchas and make chasanas, Mitzvah and have tremendous, tremendous simchas. Um, Tonight's year is, there is no way that we could cover this topic fully. Uh, I, obviously, I'm talking about it because it's something which is in the news, it's something which is topical, and it's also part of this week's Parsha. In Parsha's Vayishloch, we talk about the first Jewish hostage. Some people say it's Loit. Some people say, sorry, But I don't think that that's necessarily the case because Loit wasn't a Jew. And sorry, Meinu, that wasn't really like a hostage situation. She was taken. She didn't really have so much of a choice. But essentially over here, this was like an act of war on the part of Shechem ben Hamar. He grabbed her, he took her. And we see the negotiation with uh, Shimon and Levi and what Yaakov said. There's a lot to talk about this idea. And obviously, like the Alta Rebbe said, it's the Yutaz Kislev. The Alter Rebbe was let out of prison on Shabbos. And it was a big, momentous occasion. There was a tremendous hour of Chesidus that came into the world when the Alter Rebbe was released on Yutaz Kislev. But the Alter Rebbe always said that Ayid that a Jew has to live with the times. What's the Times? Is it the Arizona Times, the New York Times, Chas Shalom, or whatever it is? You know, the Times is that we as Jews every week the Parsha, we delve into the Parsha and we look for messages and we look for instruction on what is happening in the world and what's happening to us in our private lives. And the answers are inside this in in the Parsha. How much more so this week's Parsha, where? There is this uh, hostage situation with Dino, Bateitsa Dino, Basleia, Sheyawdale Yaakov. So, for that reason, I want to talk a little bit about the Sugya, the topic of the concept of Pidyon Shvuim. Pidyon Shvuim literally means the redemption of people who were taken hostage. And the truth of the matter is that it's a simen in Shulchan Aruch. If you look in your R'daya ceremonial base it says din shvuim Oisam. there is a clear shonarov on what we do with pidjon shvuim and how do we redeem people that are the word shvuim means people that are hostages people who have been taken in uh, against their will and they're being held usually for ransom or for some other reason so the concept of, a sh- of, of Shevi, or shvuim means a hostage. So from now on, I'm going to use the word Pidyon shvuim. Everybody now knows what it means, and we can continue with that. So where is the source in the Gemara for the midst of Pidyon shvuim? So we'll begin with a Gemara in a Gittin, in Daph Hay, and it's a Mishnah. And the Mishnah says as follows, And poidim es HaShvuyim, yeser akadei demen. We are not allowed to redeem hostages more than a reasonable amount of money. More than they are worth. Why? mipne tikuna Because of something called tikkun ha'olam. What does tikkun ha'olam mean? Tikkun ha'olam means that Chazal, the Sanhedrin, the Bezdin understood that the world cannot continue, the Jewish people cannot exist if they're going to pay exorbitant amounts for hostages. So they made a takana and they said you cannot pay more than the value of the person that was taken. That's called tikkun ha'oylom. And the Gemara asks, "Hi, mipnei tikuna oilam. what was the problem? Why did they institute it? Asks the Gemara, duka de tzibura, is the one reason is that it's going to be too much for the kehila, it's going to be too much for the Jewish congregation to pay every time, that, every time that the Goyim are going to need money, they'll grab a Jew and the Jews are going to pay millions of dollars to redeem the person and it's going to bankrupt our communities. Is that the reason why they made Tikkun Olam? Right? So that's one idea. Mishum mishum Or the other thing is the nations of the world are going to see a Jew like a prize. And they're going to be most nephish to grab Jews. Meaning to say that if we pay exorbitant amounts, it's not because we're going to be bankrupt. That's not the reason why. What's going to happen is, the non-Jews are going to work double time to grab Jews. Because a Jew is worth a lot of money. And because of that, many more Jews are going to be captured. So the Gemara says two ways of looking why you cannot pay an exorbitant amount for a Jew. What's the reason? Either because it's going to bankrupt us, we won't be able to do it. Or the other reason is, is if a Jew gets a high price, what's going to happen? It's going to be an incentive. It's going to be a motivation to grab more Jews. Says the Gemara, tries the Gemara to answer with a story. The Levi Bardarga parke lebarte betleisa alpha dinrizov. Levi Bardarga he redeemed his daughter with thirteen thousand dinrizov. You see that he paid an exorbitant amount. Says the Gemara why? Because he was rich. So the Gemara says the following thing: If you say that it's going to bankrupt us, let's say the hostage is the Chasvasham that took Rechnitz's kid. Right? No problem. He'll pay the the amount, right? Because he's rich. Oh, oh, we have here, Leviev's kid. Uh, No, what's his name? (laughs) Leviev. I'm just sorry. That's where he takes his kid. Okay, no politics now. (laughs) So then he's got the money. He's going to pay. He's going to be able to redeem the the person. So you see that if you have the money, so you're allowed to do it. So Abayas says, no, that's not a proof. You can't prove to me that the reason why you can't pay an exorbitant amount Is because it's going to bankrupt the communities. You cannot say that. Why? Because who says that he did the right thing? Maybe what he did was wrong. So you can't bring a proof from Levi Bardarga. That's where the Gemara and the Gemara ends. Okay. So now let's take things step by step. Step number one. The question is as follows: that if a Jew is captured. And they, and, they, and you need to pay a certain amount of money. Are you allowed to redeem that Jew? And whose responsibility is it to redeem that Jew? So the first thing is, is that Taisvis, on the spot, he brings a number of Gemaras that don't fit with this. And there are two particular Gemaras. Gemara number one is the Gemara on Ksubis and Daphne and Bayes. That there was a, a woman, she was captured by the Goyim, and her husband redeemed her ten times the amount that she was worth. That's number one, one problem. The other problem is, is a Gemara later on in Gittin, on Dachdun Ches, a very strange Gemara. And we're going to see that this Gemara actually was used, la uh, HaMaisa, this Gemara, very, very strange Gemara. And the the story of the Gemara is that Meisa <coughs> ben ben Chananya, Shalach leKrach Gadlus Shaberoimi, ben Chananya went to Rome, and he, and he went to a city. Amulot Tinnok Echad Yesh Says we have a Jewish child in prison. Yafa Einaim, he's beautiful. Vetoiv Ro'i, Vekvatzas of Sudurois, he has nice payes. Him, right, he has nice uh, ringlets. So they wanted to sell him, this kid. Halach ve'ama da'a Pesach be'isa asurim. Ama mi'na se'lem eshisa Ya'akov Yisrael aboizes him. He started to cry that the Jewish people are just given over to capture. Ana o'isatirna k'ama'a lo'yashem zu'chatan u'loh. And the child answered him back, the Pasuk. So what did he do? Ama muftuchani bo'y sh'moyu ha'yro b'Yisraeli. I will give a guarantee that this child is going to grow up and he's going to be a Paisik in Klan He's going to be a lachik authority. I promise that whatever price they set, I will set them free. He did not leave till he redeemed them with a lot of money. And it was very, couple of years later, at till this child became a poisek. So I asked Toises, I don't understand. How could Rabbi Shubh and Hanani have done that? He's going against a Mishnah and Gittin. So how could he have done it? How could he be poided, this child, with kol momen Shubh and Olam? That's the question that Toysus asks. Those are the two questions. Also we know in history, very, very famous, is the Marami Rottenberg. The Maram Rottenberg was put into prison and the king of France wanted to fight a, a war against the king of Germany. And he gave a tremendous amount of money in order to redeem the Marami Rottenberg. And the Marami Rottenberg wrote a Psak Halacha, and he prohibited the Jewish community from redeeming him. And he said the reason why is because of this Gemara. Because what's going to happen every time that the king of France needs money? He's going to capture the chief rabbi and going to put him in prison. And the Jewish congregation is going to redeem him. And it's going to bankrupt all of us. And he died in prison. The tragedy of the story is, is that the king still got his money. Because he would not release the body of the Marami Rottenberg... Till the Jewish people paid a tremendous amount of money. So he still got his money, this Rosh, this king. But the Maharame Rottenberg, and, and not only that, the Maharame Rottenberg had three big Talmidim. One of them was the Rosh, who ran away to the south of Spain, and then eventually to Morocco, and he became one of the Gdoyle Sfarad, the Rosh. And the reason why he ran away is because Maharame Rottenberg told him, you're next, they're going to take you next. You should run away. And the other two of his Talmudim, the Mordechai and the Hagos, the Hagos, the Hagos Maimini were both killed, al Hashem, because of this reason. Okay? So this is historical discussion over here. All right. Now, the question that we have is the following question. In this Gemara over here, it's not talking about a situation where there are two things that are, that are happening. Toysus answers, how do we explain the Gemara of Bshur ben Hanania, that he's willing to pay any amount of money? So Toysus says two explanations. Explanation number one is part of the story. Bshur ben Hanania said, this boy is not just a regular boy. He is going to be somebody that influences Kalal So therefore, he doesn't get a regular price, because what's going to happen, he is somebody that's going to impact the whole of the Jewish people, he gets to go up a level, and he is a part of the tzibur, and you have to pay any amount of money for him. That's one teret of tzatzis. He was was Godl bechachm. Another teret of tzatzis was, is that they were going to kill the child. They were going to kill him. He says, Teisvis, that this Gemara over here that says that that's only talking about a case where it's money, like the Maharshdam. The Maharshdam was the Rav in Istanbul. And they used to have a kupa that were, that were Barbary pirates. And they used to capture Jews and it was like an organized system, like a Jew had a price and the, there was like an insurance inside the Jewish community that when a Jew would be captured, they would go over to the pirates, and it was like, understood, they would just be paid to the pirates. And the Majdan said no more because of this reason. But the idea essentially is, is that when this Gemara says about Yosemek Deid the man, or Les Dei the man, all of those, those cases are talking about money. Meaning the Goyim are holding the Yid, and they're holding him for ransom. Over there, you cannot pay an exorbitant amount because if you're going to do that, you're going to either bankrupt the community or you're going to encourage more handicap. But if a Jew's life is in danger, any amount, there's a love of any amount of money is on the table. If you know that a Jew is going to be killed, any amount of money is on the table to pay for his, his redemption. That's, that's one, one part of Thesis. One second. The other part of it is, is that what about the Gemara of the man that redeemed his wife for ten times the amount? Her life was not in danger. And also, she's not a Chacham, not necessarily she's going to have an impact on the Tzibur. So says the, says the, the Tshuva Sradbaz, that Ishto is kagufoy. A person's wife is like himself. And a person is allowed to pay for himself any amount of money. When the Mishnah says, "Is I am not required," we the con- we the tzibur are not required to pay for somebody else. But if I'm in prison, I can give any amount. Of- I can give away all my money to get out of prison. And that's the same thing with a person's wife, because a person's wife is like him, ishtakagufon. So therefore, that explains why he's able to go ahead and give all of, all of that amount of money. Now, I want to tell you something very interesting. In 1970, Rebiz HaKotner, which is site, is going to be Chav slave, the Black September movement captured three planes from TWA. They let go of all the non-Jews, and they held all the Jews. And there were big Tamidu Chachamim on that pli- plane. It was a, a flight that was flying back to Eretz Israel. It <coughs> was flying from Eretz Yisrael to America, TWA. It was 1970, I believe. 1970. 1970. And they separated all the Jews and the, the, the Palestinians and some Germans were holding the Jews for ransom. And uh, they wanted to have prisoners released and so on and so forth. Who was on the plane? Rebetz Kutner, Rebionus and David, Rebetz David, Chacham Yosef Raful, Yankel Drillman, many, many big tamidah chachamim were on the plane. In America, Chaim is a very wealthy yeshiva. All of the gvirim got together and they put together a tremendous amount of money and they were going to give the money to the State Department to ransom Rabitz HaKotner away from the Black September movement. And there was a question among the Moetzes G'doyle whether this is permissible to do or not and Yaakov kamenetsky said that you can't do it it's Asr. why because this gemara over here that says whether you could redeem somebody the man, or like in the case of the child where it's a lot of money is talking about not during wartime but over here there was a moham there was a war there was a war between, let's say, America and the terrorists. When you are in the middle of war, you're not allowed to stop fighting. According to Halacha, you are not allowed to stop fighting until the war is over. If you give the terrorists money, what are you doing? You're giving them an ability to continue fighting. You're not allowed to do it from the Halachas of Malchama. And Rabbi Yaakov Kamendatsky said, You're not allowed to give money to the State Department the department to redeem Rebitz After Rebitz Hashem, they were all released. I'm sure Rebitz HaKotner and Yaakov Knesset did not have a good relationship after that. <laughs> they were very good friends. They both learned in Slabotka together. They were both very, very good friends. But the halacha is the Aloha. He says that in a time of war, you cannot do something that supports the enemy. If you are in a Muhammad, you have to fight Ad Kharma. You have to fight till the death. There is no, there's no cessation. You're not allowed to stop. And he said, for that reason, you're not even allowed to give money in order to redeem captives. Right? And over here, it's not like their life necessarily was in danger. That's the thing. That's the point. The point over here, that the, it wasn't, the, the terrorists were not going to kill the Jews. They, and they were clear about that. What they were going to do, they were going to hold them until they got their, uh, their, their claims. Now, the question now in the situation that we are in, where the Palestinians, Imach Shaman, are holding people. Are you allowed to release terrorists? Are you allowed to release terrorists for hostages? Are you allowed to do that? Chacham Ovadi Yosef has a tshuva in Chelik Yud of Yabia Omer, Choshen Mishpat Simen Vav, where they had this question. In 1976, a plane was taken to Uganda and it was flying from france to Ert Israel. terrorists got on the plane and they flew the plane to uganda itzhak rabin was the president at that time and he asked the the a the terrorists wanted to release terrorists for the 100 i think 104 jews that were on the plane so they wanted to release terrorists real uh, real murderers they wanted to release them for the other Jews, and they said, "If you don't release them, we'll kill them. We'll kill the 104 Jews if you don't release the other terrorists." And Yitzhak Rabin asked Chacham Yosef, "What is the halacha?" Chacham Yosef put together seven Rabbonin. I don't, I don't. But some of them, some of the Rabbonin was Rebbe Yashiv, Reb Shlaim Azamun Orbach, Rebetzal Zulti, Shol Israeli. Rabbi Zioni Abashol, and Chacham and there was one more I don't remember. This is Gdoy Yisro. And they all paskin halacha that you are allowed to release terrorists to save Jewish lives. Why? And this is the this is the what he writes over there in the tshuva. Also. Uh, I saw Rebbe in He also writes in the name of Rabel Yashev that you are allowed to do it. And this is the reason why. The reason is that the hostages who are there now, it's Vadai sakon. If you don't release them, they will kill them. They have shown that they will do it. If you release terrorists, so the idea is, is maybe they will kill, maybe they won't. Some of them will, some of them will, won't the Rabban and Paskin, that you are allowed to release terrorists for Jewish lives because what you're doing now is a Vada Hatzolo. You're for sure saving their lives. And for that reason, they Paskin that way. It says that they wrote the Psak and Yitzhak Rabban himself came and told them that they had a military mission and the Jews were rescued from Uganda and they didn't have to come to the Psak. And Chacham Ovadia writes tremendous... Tishbachas on the gvura, on the courage and the, and the strength of the fact that the Jews were able to be released unharmed. So the psak halacha is as follows. That, the, that even though we have seen historically that they have released terrorists and those terrorists became murderers later, it doesn't make a difference. Because at the end of the day, what happens in the future, even though you'll say, oh, we've seen it happen, so on and so forth, so you have to be more careful. You have to track those terrorists, and you, uh, the, the problem is not that, that what they're doing. The problem is that you have to be more tough with, 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 uh, with Hamas. But right now, halacha right now there's a mitzvah of pidyon shvun. There's a mitzvah to save Jewish lives, and we have to do everything that we can in order to do that. The only question that I have, the shayu that I have, is if Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's swara is also true over here. Meaning to say, we are at a mulchama, we are fighting a war. It could be we are fighting a war since 1948, or maybe even since 1925, there, there was a massacre in, in, in Hebron. I don't know when the war started, but there's a war. If we release terrorists, I understand that there's a mitzvah of the nefashus. But what about dinah Muhammad? By releasing terrorists, you are helping, you are assisting the other side in their war against you. Is that something which is doiche pikuach nefesh right now or not? That is something that I'm not sure about. It's not clear to me about this halacha. But that's more or less, we can talk for many, many more hours about how do you estimate what's the value of a person. So there's a very interesting tshuva in the Maram Lublin. Let's say they're holding somebody for ransom. What does it mean? How do you value the, the value of a person? So there's a tshuva Maram Lublin, it's a terrible tshuva. That there was a bocher, an unmarried person. Who went ahead and he had a relationship with an Arab prostitute. And the Qadi said, Chutzpah, you're a mazana. We're going to hold you for ransom. Right? The question they sent to Maram Lublin, are you allowed to do pidjan shvum on this guy? So... It doesn't so go so well on the charity, uh, you know. You know. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> are, you allowed to be, are you allowed to be paid him, right? And the Maram Lublin goes under a lot of, he discusses the whole topic. One of the things he says is that how do you value the person? He says you value the person simply like you have to find a place where slavery is legal and whatever a slave is worth, That's called the amount of money you can spend. You can't spend more than the value of a slave. So we'll have to go to Sudan and go to the slave market and say, okay, what's the top-line slave, you know? Mamish, the Bentley of all slaves. And whatever that price is, you're not allowed to spend more. But the Chuvah Radbaz he disagrees with the Maram Lublin, and he says, that's not how you value. You have to value how much would the nations of the world pay to redeem somebody of their own. Whatever that price would be, that's the price you have to set. It's not a standard price, like a market pl- price for slaves, like the Maharame Melublin says. You have to set the price according to what the normal sort of ransom is. You know, like in Mexico, there was a period of a lot of, ha- of, uh, of uh, kidnappings. And some Jews literally had insurance. They had kidnapping insurance, you know. So the kidnappers knew. They, they used to call directly to the insurance company. Say, listen, we have uh, Shloymele and uh, can we just, uh, you know, <laughs> instead of going there, they just went, they went directly to the insurance company. But that's, the, that's, that's really the issue of aloha. I just want to say one small idea in, uh, in the Oymekad, like in the in Yonim Apnimim. The Archaim quotes a Zoyer and also a, um, the Arizo in Shara Gilgulim that how could such a thing happen? The Dina Bas Yaakov should be taken by a terrible, disgusting beast like Shem ben Hamar. How could something like that happen? So the Arizal explains that inside Shechem ben Hamar was trapped a very big neshama. The neshama of, of Hanina ben chadian was inside Shem ben Hamar. And when he captured Dino, she was able to take out of him the neshama of Shem Ben Hamar. It's very interesting, the Gemara in Aved on Daf Yud says, that why was Reb Hanina Ben Chadian killed? Because he, ta- he taught Torah in public. How did Dina get captured? Because V'yaytza Dina, because she went outside in public. There's a correlation between the life of Hanina Ben Chadian and the concept of what happened with Dino. Also, another idea of Rebchanina b'Chadion. bin b'Chadion was wrapped in a sefer Torah, and he was burnt. And the letters of the Torah went up to Shamai. What does this mean? What is this idea? <coughs> the idea is as follows. The idea is, is that the Oysi Torah, the letters of the Torah, are the letters that we, is the Torah that we learn. The Torah that you have is the Oysiasa Torah, the letters of the Torah. When we learn Torah, it goes and infuses the entire world. But what happens when a person does things which are pogam and Kedusha? When a person looks at things that he shouldn't, or a person thinks about things that he shouldn't, whether it's jealousy, or thinks about things that he really shouldn't be thinking about. What happens is, is those letters of the Torah, they get trapped in terrible places. And it's the suffering of Tzaddikim that releases those oiseos into the world back again. That's what happened with Dino, and that's what happened with, Chana, with Rebchenina bin Shadian. The Avoida, I think, in our generation, is mostly we live lives of great luxury, we live lives of great physical wealth, but our minds are captured, are hostage. They're hostage to our phones. They're hostage to the tremendous amount of bilbul, a tremendous amount of confusion that there is in the world. The way that a person brings back the ur, er, the situs is not simply by the study of Torah, but it's the hamoka to sit for an hour and my mind has nothing in it except Torah. And I saw a Kiddush from the Nesiva Shalom. It says in the Zohar HaKadosh that every Matzai Shabbos, when a person's Neshama goes up, Hashem asks the Neshama, what new Torah thoughts do you have for me? What Torah did you learn on Shabbos? What Kiddusha Torah do you have on Shabbos? So obviously we should try every Shabbos, To have an hour of time where we really are thinking in Torah and everybody according to his level, whether it's Chumash or Midrash, Midrashim or Gemara or or Halacha or Kabbalah or Hasidus, whatever it might be. But to really to think about nothing except my whole mind is understanding Hashem's Ratzim, Hashem's Torah. But let's say I'm not capable of doing that. Maybe I'm not able, I have my children to take care of I'm, I'm not somebody who's learned so the Nesiva Shalom says a tremendous Hiddush. he says not only can you be mechadosh in Torah you could also be in Midas a person thinks about Shalit thinks about his life maybe I should be more careful in the way I speak to my wife <clears throat> maybe I should be more careful on how I deal with my customers <clears throat> maybe I should be more honest that that is like a Chiddush HaToyim. A Chiddush in Midas is like a Chiddush in <coughs> That's what the Nesiv Shalom says. I daven every single day. You know what I daven for? That all the hostages should come back and it should be a miracle. Mm-hmm. That the whole world should know that the Eibishter, Hashem is the one that released these Nashambas back to us. <coughs> and we shouldn't have any more tsar. You're looking at me